episode 325 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi. And listeners, we are back with the same topic as last week, and I am one Bioware game further uh, down the checklist. I finished Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic way far in advance because this game was mostly compelling and a joy to play. I had a lot of fun finishing KOTOR for the first time, and I have some capital T thoughts, but who will I be sharing those with today? Uh, first, Jonathan Loeb. Hello, all. And also, Audra Bolt. Hello, hello. So, uh, Audra and Jono, um, th- th- this game is really good. I, uh, yes. I, I, I was, yes. um... It turns out it's considered to be one of the best RPGs ever made for fairly good reason, actually. Yeah, it has a lofty reputation, and that reputation is earned. This is this is a good ass RPG, and it was uh, while I wasn't surprised by the uh, every direction it took, like it was always at least interesting or satisfying. And yeah. uh, and and I mean, like, how many RPGs of this era can you always say that about? This is a true. let alone an RPG that's based on another property. That's very true. Yeah, there there have been. Uh, like like video game adaptations of uh, non-video game IP have their own, you know, troubled history that we don't need to delve into in this uh, podcast. Although I will say that one of the most disappointing video games I've ever played is the NES Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which will not which will not be getting which will not be getting coverage on a future episode of Retro Encounter. I I can assure you of that. That's too bad. I would totally be on that episode. Oh no, you don't you don't want to play this game. Trust I've me. I've played this game. Uh, I, I'm not happy I played this game, but I played this game. It has like 1989 open world ideas, but the, the the less I say about it beyond that, the better. But but anyway, um, Kotor has some open world ideas because they do give you some freedom in the middle chapters for how to approach the story, which is something that is. Uh, recreated in several Bioware games, which we mentioned a little bit in the previous episode. In the previous episode, I was a little too concerned that it almost became a bit about Bioware in general or Mass Effect in particular. But that's uh, but you know you can't you can't we help heard but, Mass Effect. No. Well, I, I mean, but you can't help but compare it to its uh, obvious family members, I guess. But also, before we go into the recap, I did make a mistake. Um, multiple times in the previous episode, I referred to the uh, class that I had chosen in the second half of the game as a Jedi Knight. That's incorrect. The class is Guardian, and anyone that is, you know, part of the Jedi Order of a certain rank is a Jedi Knight. That's my mistake. I should have said Guardian like 10 times when I said Jedi Knight. So there, that, that's out of the way. I was a Scout slash Jedi Knight for uh, most of the run of of this game. But where we left off the previous episode was sort of the middle section of the game, as I said before. Uh, you need to find five pieces of a star map, and you automatically find the first one on the uh, planet Dantooine, where the Jedi Enclave is. And then you have your choice of Tatooine, Kashyyyk, Manan, and Korriban for the other uh, four pieces. And once you find all five, you are uh, it gives you a map to where the Star Forge is located. And that's you know presumably where... Uh, where Malak is based. But uh, something interesting happens in the middle there, but let's talk about those four planets in particular, because we only went into them a little bit in the previous episode. Uh, In Tatooine, you have to um, resolve something between the Zerka Corporation and the Sand People, and going into Sand People culture is one thing I wasn't expecting out of a Star Wars game. Yeah. Uh, And uh, in in, in Kashyyyk, you resolve something something between Zerka and the uh, enslaved Wookiees. 
and, and Kashik is sort of an interesting society where where the planet was a is a giant jungle that was a failed botany experiment by the builder civilization and the planets grew so wild that the wookies can only uh subsist by living in the canopy because the under uh the the shadowlands or underbrush is, is basically too wild then uh manan has this interesting combination of neutrality and hyper diplomacy and bureaucracy that you navigate multiple times and Korriban is almost opposite world where like evil is good and and good is bad uh but we can, we can go into the into them each more specifically uh, uh, uh Audra, did you have a favorite of these I liked both Kashik and Tatooine actually they were probably my favorites Tatooine was my first world I went to and then Kashik was the last one. I went to them basically in the menu order. I did Tatooine, then Kashik, then Manan, then uh, then spoiler alert, then Korriban. But uh, what did you like about Tatooine the most? Because I, I was sort of surprised uh, that that the Sand People were sort of a big part of it. Because I always sort of f- thought of them in you know in the original Star Wars trilogy as being pretty you know pretty faceless and nameless for the most part. But you have to you know like negotiate with them which was even though they even though you know their uh their language sounds like 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 parched <laughs> seals barking yeah actually i like the sand people plot line probably the most out of the quests on tatooine just i thought it was a really interesting look at them especially considering in the movies they aren't given that much culture really oh they just like to wave sticks around and get slaughtered by Anakin. And uh, again, I, I approached it from a pretty light side perspective. And I, uh, I found out the error of my ways when I thought I could just, after successfully negotiating with them and basically fixing, uh, resolving that part of the storyline, you can't just go around and, uh, and loot their base. It turns out because that um, does not endear you to them. If you have a, a you know, a, a peaceful settlement with them and you try to open up a treasure chest in their base, they all attack you. Mm-hmm. So evidently it's a, a flimsier relationship than I thought. So that was a, one of several times in this game I decided to go and reload last autosave. I was too <sighs> scared to actually try to open anything. <laughs> with I thought that maybe would have happened if they caught you doing that. Yeah, that, that was prescient of you because they totally will. I think this is the section where HK-47 shines the most because every single time he translates something at the end, he's like, can I just please kill them, please? Let me shoot them. Come on. Why are we learning about them? Let's kill them. And it's just, it's very, very funny. Yeah, this game, um, we didn't mention this in the previous episode, but um, KOTOR tries to hand wave away uh, your your main character's ability to understand almost every language because it's, uh, they mentioned that it's a combination of your force sensitivity and some... It, like and and maybe a, a language implant that lets you understand dozens of languages but not speak mo- many of them so uh you're able to perfectly understand oh i i, I mean almost any language that you encounter like uh, like hut or wookie or uh, uh, basically any of the stuff on 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 terrace or uh or or pretty much everywhere but you do need hk-47's um protocol droid uh, software to understand sand people because they aren't, I, I guess they aren't considered a civilized race enough to, mm. to be in, in, in whatever digest that the player character received. One of the things I've always found really interesting about the star Wars universe and in this game continues it 
everyone, all of these races kind of speak their own language. Like everyone understands basic, uh, but it's kind of like you speak to a, you speak to a hut in basic and they respond in hut knees, I guess. And it's the same thing with like every other race in the star Wars universe. They kind of speak their own language and you understand that, but you respond in your language and they respond oh, back in tech theirs. Inverse. A little bit, yeah. In in in, in the in Tekken, everyone speaks their native language. There's there's mm-hmm. not a language set, but everyone in understands it. Yeah, and they're including King, whose language is uh, is is yep. Jaguar roaring. Um, but uh, but yeah, that flavor persists through the Star Wars movies. And 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 uh, we and uh, this game came out um, in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, so uh, that was something that they preserved in these games. And I, it's you know, this is part of the unique Star Wars flavor that 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 sort of fits in this world. But the, the evidently the one time you really do need a protocol droid is for Sand People. It's a tricky language, and uh, and you can you have to sort of deal with the Sand People again if you accept a quest from a, one of the near one of the native Jawas to try and liberate some Jawas from the Sand People's clutches. But by the time I found that side quest, I was near the end of the game and ready to just. And, and I, I, I and and remembering the last time I tried to take something from the Sand People's base made, made me think, you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna, I'm I'm already level nineteen. I'm, I'll just go press on through to the end. See, it, it, for me, it's pretty funny because I accepted that quest as soon as I got to Tatooine, and then I immediately forgot about it. And I'm just going around the Sand People base, opening doors, and I open one, and there's some Jawas there, and they're like, "You rescued us!" And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm totally looking for you they're guys." They're kind of like, "Oh yeah, you can, these slaves are old." <laughs> We don't need them anymore. <laughs> yep. I, I just, oh, it was, it was that easy. I, I, I wish I had accepted that quest earlier because I, I just didn't want to uh, use master speed to hustle across the desert anymore. Most useful damn skill in the game. Yeah. It, it's, it's your, I mean, to use Final Fantasy parlance, it's your haste spell and your chocobo. So it's, uh, yep. it's, yeah, master it's speed. Is, yeah, master speed is incredibly important. Sprint shoes only in FF6. Usually, F- Final Fantasy yeah. is pretty good about just letting you hold down B to walk faster. But in FF6, they attach it to a relic. That's yeah. But you put a prayer sprint shoes on, and then you hit B, and you can really take off. Right, but uh, but anyway, um, I, I I didn't love Tatooine only because of the giant empty desert in the middle that you have to that you have to hustle through. But um, a lot of the quests in there are good. I, I like de- dealing with the sand people. I liked having to hunt a dragon to um, uh, to find the star map, mostly because the dragon pearl that you get from the dragon is a pretty good lightsaber crystal. That was I I enjoyed that. I used it for I think the whole game, uh, and. Uh, and, and the side quest with the guy who's um, who doesn't pay enough attention to his wife. Did you do that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Basically, uh, uh, this guy's wife programs his hunting droids to entrap him and kill him. Uh, and it, you're able to free him by solving, uh, I think, five or six logic puzzles. And that was, I, I, think, I think because I did Tatooine first, my first introduction to KOTOR just using classic logic and math puzzles throughout its dungeons to <laughs> to solve different things like i uh uh there was uh, there was like um some he said she said they said stuff when uh when you're deprogramming the the droid in uh in in Korriban. in i think the final dungeon of the game there's a there's a four-piece towers of hanoi puzzle yep that, and, uh, and it, yeah. when i when i realized what the, like when it was explained to me and i realized what it was like oh I know exactly how to do this because anyone that's ever taken a computer science course has to program a Towers of Hanoi solver whenever they learn recursion. So, yeah, that that, that was fun. 
the, the puzzles in Knights of the Old Republic weren't sort of visual flair puzzle piece things like a like say uh like a D- Zelda dungeon or a lot of traditional JRPGs but they 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 put their time in like they uh they make you think either outside the box or in their very specific box multiple times and it was uh, it was uh, you know enough of a diversion that i always liked seeing the new uh a new dungeon puzzles cuz i mean we're in an era of rpgs being too expensive to make to have a lot of dungeon puzzles nowadays so having to you know <laughs> like like solve a fibonacci sequence or uh or a towers of hanoi puzzle or like like or backwards droid logic was was sort of fun a lot of the time at least at least to me someone who genuinely enjoys math and word puzzles so much that he's that i've played seven and a half professor layton games I'm on the fence about it, but I actually like the ones in Kotor, so. I didn't find them overly intrusive. They were fairly well designed. They weren't my favorite part of the game, but it was nothing that I uh, was particularly bothered by. I think it's a holdover of this era of RPGs rather than something that we've moved. Well, most design has moved past by now. Yeah, but I mean, still, they put a damn Towers of Hanoi puzzle in this. It's like, like it's, it, it, it's like they went into, into, into the same puzzle books I, I had as a kid for some of these dialogue-driven number and, uh, and logic puzzles. It was like, like saving the guy who was set up by his wife. I, I don't know, pretty good side quest, you know, with with the with the signature Bioware snark, but with a it's with, an even better side quest if you're playing as a woman, oh, because he can't stop flirting with you the entire oh, time. Oh, really? And he's like, hey, gorgeous, how about you and get me out of this? And we go back to the bar, and you're just like, wow, this guy deserves to die. That's like, well, I am even less shocked that your <laughs> wife is leaving you now. Yep. I, 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 my character was a man, so I, uh, he, he did not flirt with me, which would have been maybe even more amusing. It's like if he, if he had flirted with the men and not the women, then maybe that that would cast a different light on, on why they have irreconcilable differences. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. But that's not oh. what we get in, in Tatooine. You, um, you find the star map at the end of this dragon's den. Uh, and I think maybe it's different if you handle the planets in a different order, but that's also where I, uh, where I f- fought Kalo Nord for the last time. Yes. Yeah. Because he yeah, shows up outside of the cave. Yeah. He ambushes you in a, in a fight that wasn't that difficult for me, but gives you some pretty good heavy armor, which is uh, uh, great for Candorus or, or Karth. So that that's m- most of what I got out of this side quest. My, my, like I, I get, can get a little bit loot and treasure obsessed when I play RPGs sometimes. And so, which, which made, which made getting new armor, and a blaster from the Kalo Nord fight, just a total delight. And me looking up lightsaber crystals on GameFAQs and realizing that I shouldn't have spared one of the Sith students in, in Korriban to get his lightsaber crystal, just a little frustrating. So yeah, mm. I, I, I like picking up good loot in this game. And there's some good loot to have. I like the, I, I like them using lightsaber crystals as like a variety of different swords and using those to customize your swords with different abilities rather than continue. I mean, you do get a series of lightsabers, but the crystals specifically it's it's a nice touch and it's a nice spin using star wars on the inventory system and equipping system the game has a the game has a pretty good crafting system actually yeah the the uh, the crafting on your workbench um is pretty good i almost wish there was more of it because i think i only found a couple armors that use the uh, armor yeah, i think crafting. i only had about three 
and uh, I, I, I found a ton of lightsaber crystals, um, and you know, which is great because I was a dual wielding lightsaber character, and I could not get enough of of messing around with lightsaber crystals. The, the game's materia almost. <laughs> By the end of the game, I like force powers are so useful that my party for almost the whole end game was a uh, it was Jolie and Juhani, and I only subbed in you know you know Karth for blaster damage. Or uh, 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 I, I know I know it's not Zalbag because that's that that's Final Fantasy Tactics. Zalbar. Zalbar. Uh, Zalbar. Yeah. Big Z. Yeah, Zalbar. yeah, yeah, yeah. Zalbar or yeah, Zalmar, Zalbar or Mission. If I wanted uh, uh, infiltration or hacking, but by the end of the game, it's like I I want to have a team of Jedi because Jedi like having force powers is a huge advantage in this game. Yeah. It's uh, it's also kind of fun just to watch three Jedi storm the di- storm the gate, so to speak. Especially when you're fighting off with other Jedi's, it just creates like that visual flair that mm-hmm. Star Wars is known for. Yeah, and then there's lots of lightning and uh, and force tornadoes and force jumping and zooming between target to target. It is it, it's very visually interesting when there's a lot of Jedi or Sith fighting at once. There's nothing as visually hilarious as like this super angry and like menacing dark jedi and then you just put him in a force tornado and he's like <laughs> he's just kind of like helpless in a little turnaround it's it's funny yeah it's, it, i think it's hysterical it, it, it's, it's like they, they turn into wily e coyote and just are flailing around in a in in in, in cartoon wind uh for yeah. for 10 seconds or something it's a uh, yeah it, nothing <laughs> takes away their dignity quite like a force tornado. it never got old like um like the stasis and tornado and the uh the force push or the uh, um, the 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 destroy droid technique I used a lot in this game. It's like, oh, droids are weirdly strong against light- lightsabers. It turns out I, but it turns out I have a kill button for them, which is pretty good, mm. helpful, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was Tatooine. Um, Kashik, we went into a little bit in the previous episode as well. Uh, Zalbar's brother is collaborating with slavers, and he's setting up his fellow Wookies to be captured as slaves a lot. Uh, there's also um, uh, Mandalorian uh, bounty hunters um, killing uh, killing Wookies in the Shadowlands. Uh, there's uh, there's poachers from the Zerger Corporation that Jolie has you take care of uh, before um, before he joins your party. It's mm. th- th- I think the Wookies are more established in the time of the of the movies because they 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 seem, just seem to be the dominant race on their planet when uh when you, when you see um like Chewbacca in the prequel trilogy. Uh, but and the Star Wars <laughs> Christmas special. Oh, yeah, oh god. The less we talk about Life Day the better. I I have not seen the full Star Wars Christmas special because the digital copy that I found of it uh was it was so bad I couldn't make it through. It's it it's awful. You mean the video quality or the quality of the actual both. programming or both? Yeah, it was totally <laughs> both. The Star Wars holiday special is 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 trash television they did an episode of a of a of a bad movies podcast that i love how did this get made on it and 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 the hosts were shocked at how at how bad uh their watching was but anyway yeah like it's 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 weird that the terrible uh star wars holiday special is how is i think how they first identified kashik but then they you know you they briefly have it in the prequel trilogy and they give us a whole set of missions um, for it here it's my favorite mission. It's my favorite place in the game, actually, my favorite planet in the game, because everything on the planet is so integrated into the main plot and the character of Zalbar. Um, like everything that happens, like his side quest is part of the main plot. 
and it, it's really nicely integrated into that. I, I think, and plus, you know, meet mm -hmm. Jolie on the planet, which is possibly my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the game. Oh, I, it's lo just I love a, Jolie. Oh yeah, a lot happens on this planet that uh, moves moves it forward in a way that some of the other planets don't. I uh, and, and also the sort of um, plot there doesn't end after you finish. After you get the piece of the Star Forge in the Shadowlands, if you, uh, I mean, we're all light side, so I think we we restored Zalbar's father to the to the um, to the Wookiee throne, as it were. Uh, yeah. and, and got the Zerka Corporation out of there. But if you go back to Kashyyyk, after you finish the story there, the uh, slavers and the Wookiees are still fighting. Like, like the, 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 the Zerka Corporation is not leaving quietly. And, uh, and, and the, I was actually in the middle of a Zerka Corporation quest line where I was trying to find the... Uh, uh, I, I, I found the remains of this one guy's uh, friends, and he was in indentured servitude to Zerka, because uh, his friends weren't, you know, coming back and uh, and and delivering promised goods, uh, but it turns out Zerka had betrayed him and killed him, and it was basically just, you know, making him a a a, a, a an indentured servant. But uh, I I didn't get to resolve that quest, even though I found the remains of the people in the Shadowlands. Because if you finish the uh, uh, the, the the stuff with Zalbar's family before then, uh, the, like just all the Zerka people leave, and uh, and you can't finish. Yeah. That. Yeah. So that that was just one annoying thing. It's the same level of annoyance I had where uh, Terrace was completely destroyed, and I had four or five unresolved quests there. But it's it's you know the the price you pay for uh, for not doing absolutely everything before moving the, the main plot along. I've 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 been there. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you should get credit for Terrace because you're like, well, I, all of those quests are basically closed in the most severe way possible. Yep. And it's technically my fault, so I should get credit for it. Where's my experience? All I'm saying was I was supposed to kill these four bounties, and all of them are definitely dead now. Why can't I collect on them? I did it. Someone did it. <laughs> those, four, those four targets are no more, and that is the conditions of the quest. So please give me my 750 experience. <laughs> uh, and let's move on to the next planet, Manan. Uh, I think this is my favorite planet in the game. Uh, I, I think that the main city is sort of too big and stuff is too uh, spread far apart because, again, I, like, I just wish things were closer together so it would take me less time to navigate everything. But the fact that uh, they have this bureaucracy and trial system that you have to interact with, I think, at least three times. Uh, there's so many ways that the different trials can go and how they're tied into the main plot at different times is really interesting to me. And... Um, yeah, like a little Ace Attorney in your Star Wars. A, 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 a little bit. It's it's less Ace Attorney and finding and finding contradictions, and more you know being put on the stand and uh, and um, demanding to present evidence, <laughs> because th th there's one part of the game where you have to um, uh, to try and steal some access codes from the Sith Embassy. You, uh, I, I mean, I was I was light side, so I don't know. Can you resolve that peacefully? Can you lie your way through their base if, if you go dark side? I'm actually That's not sure. That's a good sure. question. Because I had to, you know, kill, let's say, a minimum of 20 Sith in that base, including a Sith Master. And But while you're there, yeah, there's a uh, there's some missing Selkath children that you're asked to investigate, and they're in the Sith Embassy being basically... Brainwashed, I don't know, uh, I think. Basically, yeah, brainwashed, indoctrinated, um, uh, uh, talked into joining the dark side, and you can uh, convince them otherwise by either presenting to them uh, evidence of their 
of other Selkath being killed by the Sith or by force persuading them or force dominating them. There's a couple ways to do it. But uh, it, it, if you rescue them and, uh, and and find what you need in the Sith base and then, and then leave, uh, well, no matter what you do in the Sith base, when you leave, you are immediately brought to a tribunal for murdering a bunch of Sith, which uh, unfortunately happened to me early. I, at one point, I wanted to go back to my base to, to to get a different team and then return after I'd only done like two rooms. But it turns out once you kill someone in the first room and then leave, uh, you, you go to trial anyway. So <laughs> that was another save reload situation for me. Oh, I got a save reload at the actual trial. I ended up confessing. <laughs> that goes oh. bad. Being a too much of a truth telling Jedi is maybe didn't no. work in your favor that time. But but if you go to trial, after you say, let's say you clear through most of the base, if you present evidence about uh, the children being indoctrinated by the Sith or present evidence about the uh, about the Sith plot to... Um, if you basically uncover Sith plots or find evidence that that puts the Sith in an unflattering light and present it at the trial, you can get out of, uh, out of punishment from uh, in, invading the Sith base and killing 25 people. Yeah. I mean... I will. I always felt very sympathetic to the Selkath for the their position. I mean, I know it's bureaucracy, and I know that at times it seems ridiculous. But the reality is that they control the Kulto. is it Kulto? Yeah, uh, Kulto, which is like a healing agent that both the Sith and the Republic use. And uh, if they were to cut off supply to the uh, Republic and just give it to the Sith, the Sith would just invade their planet. If they were to only give it to the uh, Republic, then the Sith would destroy their planet. So the only way they can basically survive is sort of playing both sides. Yeah, they're obsessed. In a way, they're obsessed with non-conflict and procedure. In a way that uh, is is reasonable at one level for uh, for what you presented, but also you know is them also willfully turning away from atrocities com- uh, uh, committed by either side, especially the Sith. And uh, and it's sort of like by taking neither side, you're allowing evil to happen, which pa- paints them negatively to the player. But also, there's something very frustrating about seeing something that you know should have the urgency of a video game. I press button, thing happened. Uh, be tied up in annoying bureaucracy. Yeah, it's. Uh... See, I, I understand why it's one of your favorite uh, places in the game, and there's a lot to do here. That's great. Like there's a. Uh... Uh, swoop racing there's the underwater uh culto uh cultivation plant there's there's also uh this is one of the places where you can get a uh uh, a side quest that i didn't follow up on because i'm stupid light side Um, there's again a a harridan oh yeah yeah i i did that one and 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 got a bunch of dark side points but then uh but then you know just earned all the light side points back because the rewards for it are pretty good yeah i was was stupid light side too I was I was stupid light side, but I don't mind commi- an assassination job here or there if it gets me a plus three strength gauntlet. I I, I, I care about loot way more than than karma in these. I videos. believe that makes you a gray Jedi. Makes sure, you yeah, at best. I am. If I were to replay this game, I would have a gleefully chaotic uh, dark side Jedi consular playthrough. Uh, I I that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like I uh, I, I don't. 
care about doing what I would really do in a video game in, in real in real life kind of thing. Like I when, when I play games with karma systems, I almost always do the good version first because that just feels more natural to me. But if I like a game enough to replay it, and I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, I've done this for games like Infamous One and Two and uh and and the, the first two mass effect games i i i think there's something very very fun about being incredibly evil on a second playthrough and just seeing how 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 the game like explains itself with you acting this way and and, and i liked kotor well enough that if i were to do a dark side playthrough i've already thought of how i would handle it <laughs> there is some i mean this is my criticism of the dark side in general which is the basic idea of the dark side makes sense to me but in every iteration I've seen, they just become cartoonishly, nightmarishly evil. Yeah. Just like mustache twirling. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't exactly like I don't I don't quite understand why the dark side makes you into a cartoon villain, um, with like no subtlety at all. No, I guess shades of gray. It just becomes very much a uh, how should I kill this person who asked me for help in the most ridiculous way possible. Um, almost going out of your way at times to be evil. Like there's a choice that's coming up at the very end of the game, which is hilariously funny if you're looking at it from a dark sense of humor. Uh, I'll tell you that in a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm attacking Star Wars fans, but St- but Star Wars fans that really care about the material, uh, they often try to espouse the way of the gray Jedi. Uh, un- until they're confronted with the overwhelming evidence that almost all Star Wars stories with the dark side are, you know, like, you know, dissolve into cartoon villainy. So it's it's, it's like I-, I like the idea of a gray Jedi that uses the forks, the force and is base and is dark side in in every way but intent. Like, I, I-, I like the idea of a character like that, but there just isn't one <laughs> or, uh, at-, at least in. Certainly not in KOTOR and certainly not in the in, in the main film franchise. And I just feel like dark side characters should be pragmatic, not hilariously over the top evil. Like there's a difference, but like certain characters should be cruel, like the Emperor. Yeah, Emperor Palpatine is a cruel man and there are cruel people, but there there is a there are points of diminishing returns with evil where it's just like why would anyone follow you why would anyone join the imperial fleet if there's a chance that darth vader could choke you out on the bridge for coughing there's one scene in kotor that totally makes me think of that with the um apprentice and he just walks on the bridge and yeah yeah Yeah, is is that Mm -hmm. darth bandon who i definitely accidentally called darth brandon like (laughs) like three it's times a perfect name for him yeah. isn't it darth brandon going to the gym doing some dark side reps mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah more like douche mm-hmm. bandon right <laughs> i mean i i like the idea of a gray jedi it's just not represented in this game at all and uh and we're, and we are not using star wars extended universe to defend anything trust me in 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 kotor they don't really give you that choice like if you want to be uh uh if you want to have a dark side playthrough it's going to be a lot of murder and slavery. Uh, and in, in, in Manan, I, I would love to try a dark side playthrough to get through those trials as a dark side uh, character. But I don't know exactly how that goes because I was very light side. And, and the one time I accidentally left the room too early, I, I reset because I didn't want to lose that trial. 
And um, if that's the first time you engage with the Manan uh, judicial system, the second time is probably uh, defending Jolie's old friend in a murder in a murder trial, where at the, at first it really does seem like he was having an affair with a uh, with a Sith spy, and may have been set up. But then if you uh, if you dig around and find surveillance footage, which uh, which is available to you, it looks like it turns out uh, Jolie's friend really did kill the Sith, Sith spy. So you have a lot of evidence to sift through um, uh, with, uh, you know, witness testimony and um, and uh, and confronting uh, Jolie's friend's wife about the affair and a lot of things that can uh, that, that can you that allow you to defend Jolie's friend whose name I forget. I'm sorry. Uh, like you, you can defend him in good faith and have him found not guilty or you can find the footage of him murdering the spy and choose to show it and find him guilty or choose to not show it and still have him be not guilty, which is so confusing. I don't think they even give you light side or dark side points for that. They just, <laughs> no one's a winner. Yeah. Like, no one's a winner. Here's some experience points. Now Jolie is just really disappointed. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, a, I think it's a great uh, side quest because it actually makes moral demands on you. Uh, if he is found guilty, then the Republic is going to be punished for his act and that will help the Sith. So your question is, do you uh, greater good essentially? Yeah, and I, uh, I I did do the move for the greater good. I confronted him privately about killing the Sith, but then let him allowed him to be found not guilty, B basically for a pro Republic reason. But um, it didn't give me any dark side points. Unlike the real best side quest in the game, the Geno Haradan Assassins Guild quest, which is the you know the the, uh, the Skyrim Dark Brotherhood equivalent quest of uh, of, of Kotor. Mm. A uh, uh, someone on Manan says he's a, a member of an elite uh, 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 assassins guild called the Geno Haradan, and gives you a list of targets to take out. I, I think it's five total. Uh, first, sort of two easier ones, then three more challenging ones, and they all give you dark side points. But they all also all give you pretty good rewards. Like you get a good piece of equipment for killing each of the more challenging three, and and some of them are real weird. Like one of them is uh, the one of the one target that's on Manan. You if you can uh, deprogram his uh, security droid or convince his security chief to leave, you have a pretty easy one on one fight. But without the requisite skills, you have a three you have a three on one fight that's more difficult. And and you you, you can't have your allies for some of the Geno Haradan quests, which is you know which 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 makes it a little bit more challenging. Um and uh, and one, the guy that you have to track down on Kashik is a shapeshifter. And <laughs> first you have to sort of uh like 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 find him in the Shadowlands and uh and 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 confront him in his Wookiee disguise, and then he turns into one of the small apes that's all over the Shadowlands. And you have to basically go around and talk to every single one of the apes that's scampering around until you find the one that doesn't react naturally, and then and then kill him that way. It's <laughs> it was a real weird but really interesting uh, way to resolve that. And then after you kill all the targets, the the quest giver for the Geno Haradan reveals that um, three of them were part of the council of Gen the, the Geno Haradan, and now he gets to inherit the entire Assassin's Guild, and you can take him on for a final battle on Tatooine. Uh, for also some pretty good rewards, oh, but wow. it, it, again, it gives you a bunch of dark side points. But mm -hmm. it is a, I, I think the a, a pretty fun planet hopping side quest. I, I I'm glad I did that one. 
that's one that that's a mentality of a villain that I've never understood. The idea of you're you you know they use you to like haha you've killed all of my very formidable enemies. Now I will kill you. And you're like, really? Have you not been paying attention how bad an idea that is? Like, that's just terrible strategy. Yeah, the the, I, the quest giver there really should have just walked away. Maybe given me more rewards. I would have been fine with that. But, uh, but, but him ambushing you in Tatooine, asking you to come alone, but then coming with uh, with like ten people, but but you're allowed to bring your party for that one is it's one way to handle it but it's uh, again very silly villain mentality uh you know create like b- building the weapon that you use to destroy yourself practically because you level up too yeah um that was, but we talked about um jolie's character quest and the geno Herodan side quest did uh, either of you have a favorite side quest in this midsection of the game i like the there was one with tr- wookies on trial which i actually thought that was interesting the um the light side kind of makes you feel bad. <laughs> like there's really no real right answer to it. Is that the one where you find the corpse of the Wookiee uh, and in his, his data pad shows that he was selling out his fellow mm-hmm. Wookiees as slaves, but he was, but he was a very upstanding, honorable Wookiee in their Wookiee society. So, so, so bringing that up is, you know, harms multiple people's reputation yeah. sort of deal. Cause, cause it, the Wookiees yeah. are very, are very honorable. So you basically have, one guy take the fall for killing him but he refuses to explain why he did it basically the plot of sins of the father in star trek the next generation <laughs> but uh but did you have a favorite side quest in the uh in throughout this game because i mean bioware is they're well known for their character writing and and i there are rpgs I'm, I'm specifically thinking of mass effect i guess have me want to do every single side quest and this is uh, you know an early version of that uh, my favorite side quests quests are actually on Korriban, which we'll talk about presumably in a few minutes. Yeah, let, let, let's do that. Um, uh, the, the, when you wrap the Manan storyline, uh, you go to this underwater dungeon, which is a pretty cool dungeon. A little bit, you know, some Bioshock vibes of going around a, a facility where um, some of the uh, some of the people present present have um, have gone mad. S- slight slight horror vibes, but definitely not full on horror games. But then there's the annoying water walk sex- sections. <laughs> the animation with the water suit on. Yeah, really you, go, you have to go around with the water suit. And uh, if you're attacked by a shark, you have to use the, the sort of the, the, the sonic pulse item that you, that you find to instantly kill them. I didn't mind it, but I wish that you the walking around in the water suit was faster. Yeah, that seemed slow for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you just become a big daddy for a little while. Yeah, you're floating around like you're... Oh, I don't know. Like like your dress is the Michelin Man, and walking very slowly underwater, and you can't cast your Jedi speed to uh, to mitigate that. But uh, ultimately, you realize that um, that this was a secret Republic drilling facility done with sort of a an under the table agreement with the uh, uh, with with the Selkath, with because some of the Selkath wanted to support the Republic and not the Sith. So they have the secret deal for the secret mining facility, but the mining facility awoke the sort of mother shark of all of these uh, deadly sea creatures, which, uh, and, uh, their, her cry makes, uh, Selkath go insane. And, uh, she's attacking the, the drilling facility over and over. And by finding some surviving scientists, uh, who you have to talk out of not, not murdering you first, because they, they, uh, uh, you're given the option of poisoning all the sharks, which would um, deal incredible damage to the ecosystem. Uh, uh, to the ecosystem. 
yeah, or or destroying the drilling facility, which would get the sharks to go away peacefully, but would ruin the Republic's uh, mining operation. And I I went with uh, the perhaps more obviously light side, destroy the drill, so harm the Republic, but but also be better for uh, for the environment of Manan. And again, after you finish, no matter how you decide to to to, uh, to, to do that, you find the star map where the where the sharks previously were so either they either they're driven away or poisoned uh and when, once you have the star map and go back to the surface you're on trial again and you and you're uh you, you can try to force persuade your way out of it or uh tell the truth and um and the Selkath will look at you more favorably if you destroyed the facility versus poisoning uh all of the water and i, I think if I, I i don't know if you can be executed if, at this trial maybe you can but I, I think you're banned from re-entering Manan if you don't resolve it in a way that they like. Cause, yeah, cause they, I mean, understandably, if you destroy their entire ecosystem. Because that's what they threaten you with. But I think maybe if you go dark side and you have Dominate Mind, you probably can poison them as well as uh, get through the trial. But I, I didn't try that. My Persuade score was always a little less than I wish it was because... <laughs> My my charisma stat wasn't that high, and you know because I went with the guardian class, I didn't have nearly as many skill points as a sentinel or consular. But uh, but that's how Manan fixes itself. And then you uh, something special happens once you find four pieces of the star map. But we're gonna skip ahead to Korriban first, uh, and then we'll talk about the uh, uh, the Leviathan and Endgame. But Korriban is. Um, probably my second favorite planet after Manan, uh, because you, you basically have to infiltrate the Sith Academy and do a lot of really fun Sith politics, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and bespoke dark side dungeons on, um, on Korriban to, uh, to, to gain favor with the Sith headmaster. Cause the only way you get to be a Sith and enter the, the secluded area where the star map is, is to gain enough favor with the headmaster and by gaining and the ways to gain favor are to find Sith artifacts or um, murder your fellow um, competing (laughs) candidates. It's really silly. And it was kind of fun, like basically being a paladin hidden amongst dark knights and staying true to your paladin roots while becoming the best dark knight. It was, it was, I was very amused and uh, entertained by a lot of what happens in Korriban. Yeah. I, I had a fun time there. It's it's interesting. At first, I was like, "Wow, these Sith—they're really, really trusting." Like, have they not been hearing what I've been doing across the? Like, I basically have a Sith halo, or a uh, I basically have a Force halo at this point. Like, and I'm roaming the galaxy, and I'm like super, super light side. Anyone could tell just by looking at me or talking to me for two seconds, and they're like, "So you want to be a Sith? Come on in." And then I thought about it and was like, "Well, on the other hand." in their society, everyone is kind of trying to stab everyone else in the back. So yeah, they would think the worst of me. Yeah. And the reason you're able to enter the Academy so easily is because, uh, um, the, the headmaster's apprentice sees how strong you are in the force and is eager to, to, to bring you in because I, again, power and ambition mean everything to the Sith. And, uh, and Basil is so concerned about, um, uh, about being recognized on Korriban, because again, she's a bit of a, cele- a Jedi celebrity uh, of, of sorts. Uh, you, you can't actually take her out of the ship. She can't leave the Ebon Hawk for any of the Korriban missions. But 
but uh, you're able to bring along anyone else, including Jahani, who's anything who's almost more rigidly light side than uh, than Bastila is. I'm almost Jahani like has a panic attack from the second she leaves the ship until she gets back on. Poor yeah, she she's yeah. not having a great time on Korriban, but uh, but you're having a pretty good time because you can. Uh, like, like you can even like flirt and try to seduce the uh, apprentice and one of the candidates. Like, n- not not ending in any romantic encounter, just just to try to convince them that you're on their side. And uh, you really got to think about flirting with Sith, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really do. Yeah, I I, I love the uh, I, I love the the drunk ass Sith soldier on Terrace. I I, I I hope she made it out of there okay. Uh, I do too. But uh, but yeah, in in Korriban, there's a there's I think four Sith temples in this ancient uh, ruins and plus one cavern that you can explore. One of them has the star map in it, but the other, but the others are all, you know, just like nice small to medium sized dungeons to navigate. One of them has a, uh, an assassin droid that's gained sentience and doesn't want to be an assassin droid anymore, which is awesome. Uh, another mm-hmm. one has a crazy old hermit Sith that uh, is torturing one of the other Sith candidates. And that's you, my favorite side yeah, quest. Yeah. The game. I love this side quest. <laughs> He's it, it's pretty good. And I think, I, I, I tried to have myself and the candidate be tortured equal number of times because, again, I'm, I'm tr- approaching this from a light side perspective. And I was able to have the uh, the other candidate survive and, uh, and, and defeat the Sith Hermit. But then looking it up later, it's like, oh, man, if I had, if I had killed the other candidate, I could have had his good lightsaber. Oh, I didn't crystal. know he could actually survive. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I, I think you have to... Uh, I, I mean... The way I did it was I I think I had I think maybe there there's five questions that the hermit asks you and I I had the candidate be t- tortured three times and myself twice and that seemed to work but I I don't know how many um end scenarios there are for it but there is a way to kill both of them and that's that's how you get all their loot which made me you know again I, I'm a longtime Diablo player I got loot on the brain sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like loot would be the downfall of many a light side Jedi um, in the real world. Yeah, it would be for me for the, for real. Like I, I would. I, I mean, as much as you like to play uh, hypothetical games with your friends, like, oh, would you be a dark side Jedi or a light side Jedi? And it's like, it's like, oh, absolutely. It's like absolutely not. I would fall to the dark side so easily, tempted either by by either like flirtatious Sith officers or loot. The, the, one of those would be my downfall for sure. Yeah. Mm. I, I am I am weak willed in some ways, and I'm not afraid to admit it. But uh, uh, but generally, they 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 just give you a ton of options and stuff to do on Korriban. And if you do, I think three or four of them, that's enough to uh, impress the headmaster and allow you into the temple where the star map is. And once you um, take care of that one, which is a little annoying because you have to go through that one solo. And there's some there's some tough monsters in there. One of the one of the handful of times I died in this portion of the game was. Uh, you you fight two really strong beasts that uh, are a little difficult to. De- I had to like sort of ed- inch my way towards them and fight them one on one instead of at the same time to to win. They because I think they killed me twice. Do you, do you remember the part I'm talking about? Yeah, they're the. Um, I forget what oh, they're called crap. though. I should know this because they are a fair. They are a fairly famous Star Wars uh, monster. They're not. They're not rancors. I, I were, they, were, they, were they the the Terra Cartans? Those. I just remember them being pains in the butts. <laughs> That's their canonical name right there. Sure. Pains in the butts. That, 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 I, the, the name sounds kind of like uh, Bar- Baraka's people from Mortal, Mortal Kombat, but I can't remember that race either. 
it's that's it's not important. What is important is getting through that temple solo. Uh, is how you um, get the star map and also conf eventually confront the uh, apprentice and headmaster together. You can side with one or the other or neither. Um, I, I I think if you side with one, and and ki and kill the opposite, they basically welcome you as the new as their new apprentice and you can sort of just let that happen and and then leave quietly but if you kill both of them and make your light side intentions clear you have to kill the basically the entire academy on, on your on your way back to your ship it's pretty funny like all these people you talk to and like even named characters they just lose their mind and start attacking you on the way back you can actually spare the apprentice i think you can you can turn her to the light side Oh, you can? Oh, shoot. I wish I had tried that. That's, that's, that's interesting. I, I, just, I, I just killed both of them. You have, to, you have to build a relationship with her and like make friends. Um, <sighs> so there was a way to semi-flirt <laughs> with her even more. Darn. Yes. Um, but then it's not, there's no big story change or anything like that. She just kind of lets you go. Darn. It's like, I, I would have loved to welcome her to the team. Like, sure. Give me a give me a, a a Jedi character that's actually dark side on my party instead of instead of just two like one crusty Mandalorian and one rusty robot as your only true dark side characters. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I wish I had tried that, but no, no, I killed both of them and then I had to fight you know a few dozen Sith in the academy, a few of whom I had I was just very friendly with like thirty minutes earlier. But uh, that's the fourth. Uh, planet in the middle third of the game, Korriban. Um, uh, th these four planets, with how with, with their quest setup and their conflict setup and their set and the settings themselves are very different, which you know makes for a pretty nice meaty mid game. I, uh, I I I had fun navigating all of it. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty good mix of Star Wars, uh, of Star Wars worlds, and like it gives you a nice cross section of the universe. I, 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 there wasn't a miss on any of the planets for me. There was no planet that I disliked. Yeah, I really liked them. I had annoyances. Like, I wish that the underwater travel was faster, and I wish that uh, maybe um, the Tatooine desert parts were less empty. But th th those are those are minor, minor quibbles. Th th this is a good uh, RPG mid-game. But once you have four of the star maps, and again, there are these four planets plus Dantooine makes five, um, you're automatically... Uh, foisted into a dungeon on a warship called the Leviathan. And your party is separated. Uh, you, Karth, and Bastila are abducted and tortured, and you have to choose one of your other party members to navigate the first half of the dungeon alone. And I picked Juhani just because I trust her. I did too. Yay. Uh, who did you use for your player character, John? Uh, actually, th for me, this was the funniest part of the game because I picked Jolie. Um and this entire section was just this naked old man running around this ship trying to uh, trying to find his stuff <laughs> and being very saucy and sassy about it all. I mean, he's he is a sassy old man. and I love him for it. But uh, basically, first, you have to um, uh, find the rest of your party members and equipment. Then you find um, the player character, Bastila and Karth, then uh, fighting torture, yeah, yeah. being tortured. Then you um, confront uh, and uh uh, Malik is not on the ship, but he's alerted to your presence, so Malik is coming. And it, it sort of culminates in a, a fight against Malik himself, which is 
I don't know, moderate a moderate challenge for this part of the game. Maybe, maybe if you're under leveled, it can be kind of hard. And uh, and after you get him to a low uh, to a low health percent, um, the big twist happens. And uh, the, the way that they shoot this is, I think, just brilliant. Um, it has you go through a bunch of the flashbacks that you saw uh, with Bastila through the game that she was saying were, were, were you sharing dreams of what happened between uh, her and Revan and, and maybe other scenes. But then and it culminates in and they, they bring back dialogue that, that, that puts your role into a more suspicious light uh, through this game. And it, and it, and it ends in uh, Revan, who's always been masked in the flashbacks that you see, dramatically removing the mask with the camera panning around them and with the reveal that you are in fact Revan. And uh, your backstory was that you that you've known through the whole game was essentially programmed into you after you were taken prison, t- taken prisoner, and brainwashed on the the starting ship of the game that w- that was fleeing the uh, Basilis battle with Revan. And the only people that knew in the entire uh, of your allies the entire game were Bastila herself, perhaps of course, Jolie, just because he knows what Revan looks like because he's an old Jedi veteran, and the Jedi Masters on Dantooine who were purposely accelerating your Jedi training in hopes you could be returned to the light side and a weapon in the battle against Malak. Whether that, you know, puts the, gives you a bad uh, taste of the Republic in your mouth or not, or how uh, you feel about it. And again, I knew what the twist, I've known what this twist was since probably 2005. So I, uh, maybe it didn't have the impact that uh, was desired, but I think it's pretty darn cool. It, uh, it, it, it does. There's foreshadowing. It has you re-examine all the events uh, up to the point. It's 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 pretty dramatic in how it changes the tone of the game. Um, your party members all react differently and interestingly to it. With uh, m- my favorite reaction probably being Zal- Zalbar's because he's like, eh, whatever. I still have the same life debt to you. I'm I'm with you through. I'm with you through the end, Revan or uh, or Sam because my, again my character's name was Sam Retro. Uh, <laughs> um, Whenever I do a, a playthrough for the podcast, I very not always, but very very often name the main character Retro, uh, which I did here. But uh, it, it was, I, I thought it was pretty cool, even though I it, I had been spoiled it many years ago. I think it's a really good twist because even if it's spoiled and you you kind of know what's going to happen, it still has impact because of those uh, that cutscene you mentioned where you are seeing just. Th- little comments the characters throw off but recontextualized with this new revelation and you can actually see how it's layered into the game um i think it's a, i think it's a great twist i mean they needed they felt they needed to do something on the lines of i am your father and i think they pulled off their own unique twist that still yeah really i mean works. i knew about it beforehand too and i really liked the presentation for it yeah and uh, i think that um, e- even though it maybe uh, I-, I was not blown away by it necessarily, uh, th- this twist is well known and celebrated as one of the great RPG twists, and I think that uh, that again that that's earned. This was this was just really cool. I agree. Yes. Uh, at the end of that, you again have this duel with Malak. Bastila is abducted, and you see her being tortured by Malak in uh, in in scenes after the the events on the Leviathan. But you still have one more star map to collect on on whichever planet you haven't finished the quests on yet. And uh, it, I think that was such a smart decision too. The fact that because you still have an entire mission to complete, and it's a lot of playtime. Like each each planet is a fair chunk of playtime. It actually gives you time to miss Bastila and to give a uh, a realistic time frame in yes. which 
her character can go through all of this rather than just, you know, the next scene being let's rescue her. And all of a sudden she's, well, spoiler alert, but turned. Yeah. Um, uh, Basila is turned to the dark side after being, I think they mentioned she's been tortured for about a week. Uh, and it's unclear if it, if it was the torture or if it was, or if there was really a whisper of the dark side in the back of her mind, it, 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 it's vague exactly what happened to her, but she is turned to the dark side. Um, uh, and, and you have to confront her about it, but, uh, but, but before you confront her, uh, you like, you can use your now knowledge that you are Revan in the other quests. Um, I think, I think, uh, uh, HK 47's quest line is about finding his programming and revealing that he was a, uh, that he was originally programmed by Revan. If the knowledge that you are Revan basically allows you to skip the line on that quest and have him just tell you about his adventures without having to have a high repair score. And, uh, and I, I think that the events on Korriban and Kashik are different if you are Revan, because the supercomputer guarding the, uh, the star map on Kashik recognizes you as the, as it's uh, as, as Revan who unlocked the star map years earlier and you can, and uh, allows you to, you know, not have to fight it. And I think it, it gives you a few extra passes on Korriban dealing with all the Sith there. It's the, the game does not uh, ignore the fact or hide the fact that you're Revan after you make that discovery. Uh, it's pretty funny on Korriban because you can tell people you're Darth Revan and they're like, ha oh, yeah, right. Ah, so you, you you can't actually use any passes there? Uh, there are a few places I don't think I hit any, but I, I do think it's pretty funny that you you can just tell people you're Darth Revan, oh, okay. and they'll be like, I didn't know you Darth actually Revan. fought the supercomputer on Kashyyyk. Uh, well, the, the thing is, I, I I did the star map on Kashyyyk last. Mm-hmm. I did, like, all the quests on Kashyyyk, but then the star map killed, uh, the star map's droids killed me because I couldn't, I couldn't pass his tests or whatever, so I just got out of Kashik and then did Manan and Korriban and went back to Kashik after uh, Bastila left my party. And then and, so, and, and then I was like, all right, well I'm I'm level seventeen now or whatever. I can definitely fight the these droids, and I have I finally have the destroyed droid spell um, or uh, 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 force power. But then the computer mm-hmm. recognized me as Revan, and I didn't have to do the I didn't have to do the the quiz or the droids. Yeah, that's what happened with me. Mm. But after you have all the star map pieces, it leads you to a planet that's, I, I think it's called Rakata, because the people on it are Rakatans. And if you recognize the silhouettes of the various um, uh, builders holograms that you found uh, occasionally across the game, I, I think on Kashik and Dantooine, maybe a few others, you realize that this is the collapsed civilization of the builders that built the Star Forge uh, thousands of years ago. I, you could call them Rakatans or builders, but they're definitely, but they're basically been reduced to tribal warfare over the years uh there, there's two factions of them one uh sort of warlike rakatans that are trying to that, that engage in torture and cannibalism and all kinds of awful things and then the and then the uh, elder rakatans which were like the priest caste that are uh that that have a lot of regrets about what their civilization used to do and and are interested in possibly destroying the star forge so there's an obvious light side versus dark side thing here you can uh kill all the warlike ones for the light or dark, or you can uh, betray the priest ones going dark. It's a, there's probably a lot of persuasion checks that I only could pass sometimes <laughs> on the, mm-hmm. on the builder's planet, but it's, it's a, it's a quite pretty planet. It's, um, it's sort of a, a beaches and jungle a little bit. It looks a little bit like the planet that was in uh, rogue one. Oh, yeah. actually. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it's supposed to be the same one. Um, I, I don't think it's the same one, but it, I know that, 
it just the the general design of it it's yeah it's, it's islands and beaches and idyllic weather and it's lovely but eventually siding with one of the factions of Rakatan gives you access to the temple in the center, which which is what you need to deactivate the shields around the uh, Star Forge and let the Republic the Republic fleet in. And it's a, it's a pretty lengthy dungeon. There's um there's, there's some good puzzle solving and Sith hunting in there. But at the, at the summit, there's no boss fight. There's a there's you you uh, uh, confront Bastila, and if you're light side like us. Basically, she tries to draw you to the dark side. It's unsuccessful, and she leaves for the Star Forge. But if you're dark side, I, th- I think you can like reveal your intentions and have her rejoin your party there. But then Juhani and Jolie, or one of them, might might get might be killed there permanently. Both of them, I believe, because they're both they, both of them are with you, or at least if if you've uh, if you saved her, uh, yes, if you saved her early on Dantooine. Then she, they're both definitely with you, and they both rebel you know try to stop you and you kill both of them yeah so i Um, yeah so i think you can if you're dark side you can have bastila join you immediately but kill jolie and juhani or if you're light side no one dies and bastila flees um yeah and then you if you're dark side you get to the darkest moment in the entire game here oh what happens i i I was only aware of of juhani and, and and maybe also jolie dying uh if you stick with bastila and you kill uh you kill your jedi friends uh, you go back to the ship, and everyone's out front, and you're like, I am Darth Revan, follow me if you want, if you don't, I will destroy you. Uh, and Karth, of course, uh, does not follow you, and he he manages to get away. And most of like your droids are on your side, but Mission cannot accept this. She's like, no, I, I, I cannot accept that you are this person. We've gone through too much together. You are my friend, and I trust you and everything. And you can tell Zalbar to kill her. Oh, yikes. Oh, wow. If you, and he's like, no, I will I will not kill Mission. And you can be like, you owe me a life debt, kill Mission. He'll be like, no, you can force persuade him and he will kill his best friend for you and just be crying about it. And he'll just oh. bash her. So yeah, you can, you can convince Zalbar to kill Mission for you. Oh, that's the worst. I love it. Yeah, and then he is with you for the next few missions. He eventually betrays you or comes to his senses more likely um, on the star forge and fights you. But yeah, so you can, you can, uh, that's the, like the strongest friendship in the game. And like this, this lifelong bond between these two, and you can just destroy it for fun. Going to the dark side results in the death of over half of your party in, in, under some heinous circumstances. That's, that's, that's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But you don't need them because you're Sith. Yeah. You'll, you'll have Basila and, and one of the droids for your final party and that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or Candorus, I guess, but I mean, Candorus is with you. Candorus is like you're strong. I like you, but again, he he was probably m- m- the party member I cared about the least. And 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 for my final party going into the Star Forge, uh, Basil wasn't an option. Um, so I, I had uh, I had Jahani. I think I had um, Jahani and Karth because I I just liked the idea of of Karth being in again because he's sort of the most Republic rah rah guy on your team. That I sort of liked having him for the final mission. Um, and, and, and the Star Forge, it's a giant space station. It's full of Sith. Uh, there's not much else to do here, but there's a couple interesting boss fights at the end on uh, the Star Forge. And the Star Forge is presented as basically a space station so immersed in the Force that it's, it, it's, it has its own version of sentience. And it's unclear if the Star Forge can turn people to the dark side at will, almost like indoctrination in Mass Effect, avoiding spoilers for Mass Effect. Um, 
or or if it's just so full of the dark side that if there is some dark side temptation in your mind, you're more likely to fall to it. Like I, I don't think the Star Forge enslaves people at will with the dark side. It's just a very, very powerful dark side entity. Is it? Is that about right? I think so. I think it's circumstances that make you make someone fall to the dark side. I mean, technically speaking, Revan was just as light a Jedi. Uh, pre-mind wipe as post-mind wipe. The difference was that uh, pre-mind wipe, Revan had just gone through this horrible, horrible war, uh, just like with terrible atrocities and had seen so much. So when Revan saw the potential of the Star Forge, that would have been what tempted him or her into using its power. Whereas our Revan, post-mind wipe, has seen uh, the destruction that caused and the horrible, like, terrorists uh, destruction, etc. So they aren't tempted by it at all. If if you choose the light side, um, the the uh, the, the the desire to destroy the Star Forge is very strong for sure. Yeah, it, it's just a matter of choices, right, and what they've gone through. And that's what each of us did. Um, but but again, the Star Forge is basically this giant space station that's self sufficient, makes its own army of droids and warships, uh, and the, and the Sith that have taken over it or using the warships in the, uh, in, in the war against the Republic. I, that was sort of what I guessed, but it was maybe a little bit more, uh, a little bit more subtle than I, than I, I really thought it was like the, uh, it was like indoctrination in mass effect before going in, but it's, I think it's a little bit less, uh, a little bit more subtle than that. But first there's one boss fight against an endless supply of droids. And you have to sort of go from computer to computer and, and either, and hack them or deactivate them to stop the supply of droids uh, and then, uh, you know, b- before uh, wiping them all out, which is, a, I don't know, it was a, bit, a little bit of an awkwardly positioned boss fight because, yeah, I had to remember to disengage from combat to go to the next terminal, but... <clears throat> and also they wait for you. They're <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 we'll wait. We'll wait until you're done there. Like, like, they, they, like, it's like you call a timeout when you're playing tag or something to use the computer eight times <laughs> before, uh, or maybe it's only six times uh, before it resumes. They're not the smartest droids. No. There's lots of them, but they make their numbers more so than smarts. But then the the final battle against Darth Malak, I, I I died once against it, but then I sort of realized what I had to do and and won the second time. And there's and like a lot of the good um, facilities and good boss battles in Kotor, there's a couple of ways you can approach it. But, but, but I guess before we get there, you do have a final meeting with Basila. She's using her battle meditation skill that is unique among Jedi that allows someone to turn the tide of, tide of battle by just directing the force to work in favor of one side over the other. So like, you know, when she uses battle meditation, her side will have more lucky shots and more, uh, be- wow. yeah, yeah, better, better morale, better maneuvers, better everything. It's, it's really powerful in long scale, large scale battles, which is why Malik was so determined to turn her to the dark side. And in this, uh, confrontation, I, I believe you can kill Basila. You can convince her to, Go back to the light or back to the dark if you, uh, or, or, uh, yeah, or I don't know if, you, if you're a light side Jedi, you can do a dark side switch at this point. But by, by passing some persuasion checks, maybe helped if you romanced her as a, uh, as a male Revan. Like, I think you get like one extra point for persuasion or something if you, if you, if you admitted your love for each other. Yeah, you can do it if you're a female Revan, but it's a lot harder. Right. But like, if you have a romantic angle, it can help you here. Uh, but basically, you have a couple opportunities for persuasion checks, and if you get one, then you uh, then she goes back to the light, right? So yeah, for me it was it was Jahani, Karth, and myself 
fighting Malik. And Malik is he deals a lot of damage. He has a lot of force powers, and he has uh, this is a little dark. Like he he's wiped out um, the Jedi enclave, enclave on Dantooine, and I think the only uh, the only survivor was um, the, the Jedi Master that that's the same race as Yoda. There, because you you see him with the Republic fleet, but 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 it's presumed that most of Dantooine has been wiped out, and he has husks of survivors of Dantooine attached to apparatus in his command room, where he drains their life periodically throughout the battle to refill his health bar. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was fun. <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple ways you can get around this. Um, I think if you have a lot of points into the life drain dark side spell. You can go around and drain life from the corpses before Malik does. And uh, so, so he won't be able to refill his health anymore and you can defeat him that way. And I think there's a Jedi force power that can do the same, but I didn't have it. Like I only had some self boosting powers and uh, destroy droid. And so I, I, I don't think I could free the, uh, the, the, the bodies from the apparatus. Is, is, is there a way to do that as a light Jedi? I don't believe so. They're brain dead anyway. Right. They're, they're brain dead. So they're, they're living bodies, um, but, uh, but no minds. So like the, I think they, I think they mentioned that so that you don't have any moral mm. quandaries of, of about don't killing feel guilty them. about killing. Yeah, them. exactly. But I, I, I didn't have a way of destroying them. Neither did I actually. I know you can with life drain because uh, I, I, I looked, I looked up um, how, how to, how to deal with them after I lost the, the first battle. But what I ended up doing is, a really silly strategy that I had. Uh, I had. I had only used it once the entire game, and it was the battle in uh, in the Sith Temple on on uh, on Korriban. And that is, fight him directly. And when his health got low, when he went to heal himself, I would use that moment to go into the menu, uh, the the pause menu. Use every single stim and yes, healing item. On, I that's had on what myself. I did. <laughs> so and or, or like one of each stat stim because I have barely used stat mm-hmm. stims the entire game. I had like I had like fifteen of each. So and then confront him again after Malak had healed himself as a fully healed, fully stimmed, uh, best version of myself. Then cast master speed again. Then take him down again. So and and you do that about seven mm-hmm. times and you can win. Yeah, that was my strategy. <laughs> My item hoarding that I had done for 35 hours finally paid off and just using all of my best one-use items in the final battle. And that, that was a little satisfying, if kind of a meathead way to beat the game. But I mean, I mean, I, I don't mind taking the meat. I, I do not mind taking the Jedi meathead path. No. That's why you chose your class. Yep, that's why, that's why I went Guardian. So I could force jump, master speed, uh, like jump, jump, slash, slash, double wield, uh, a red and a blue saber because those are the those are the best crystals. Yeah, that that was it. Because they they sell some hella expensive and super strong crystals at that Yavin space station at the end. There is another way to beat Malik that is uh, obviously non canonical and is, is it's flat out cheating. Um, it's flat out cheating. It's it's you literally use the uh, you use uh, com- console commands, and if you type in "dance dance Malik," he turns into a dancing Twilight dancer and just like dances in place. Well, okay, and that's the end of the game. That is certainly a there is no cow level way of beating the game, but I uh, uh, but for the StarCraft fans out there, but I was I did not do that. <laughs> Yes, that is the the most powerful <laughs> light side skill of them all is to 
transform your enemies into dancing. I mean, that reminds me of the disco ball grenade in a couple of Ratchet and Clank, Clank games. Every enemy in the game can dance uncontrollably in a few Ratchet and Clank games with the disco ball grenade called the Groovatron. And mm-hmm. it's it, it's pretty funny making every boss in the game dance, but uh, n- n- not with a console command, no. But uh, after you defeat Malik, uh, perhaps predictably, you have a uh, the Republic side wins and you have a medal ceremony at the end with all of your surviving teammates in a group photo that is a little reminiscent of uh, Han and Luke and Chewie getting medals at the end of an, at the end of episode four. Um, but Calibar gets a medal though, which is nice. Yeah, I I, I did not. Uh, I, I I assume it's a, it's different for a dark side final scene. But the light side, it, like it was sort of cute, and you get the swelling Star Trek mu- <laughs> of Star Whoops Star Wars movie. I made the same mistake. I, oh, yeah. I've, I and I, I I don't think I've seen a number of Star Trek episodes into this double digits. Um, but yeah, like it, it was a pretty a little saccharine, but kind of a sweet ending for a Star. It was Wars fitting. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't mind it. It, it was sort of nice seeing the. Uh, the credits roll with all these des- uh, Bioware designers that I know went on to make the Dragon Age and Mass Effect games that I love, and and the, and the two doctors that uh, as executive producers who started out making D and D games in the '90s and then sold uh, sold their company to EA for <laughs> for half a billion dollars in the 2010s. I, I don't know, like it, it was it was fun to roll credits on this game, and while they were rolling, I my thoughts were. How would I do a dark side playthrough? I, I would probably go like scoundrel consular and just force lightning everything, and maybe and I don't know maybe I would use HK forty seven more. Like I like I, the game was so fun and satisfying and interesting at different points that my first thought was not, oh, what am I playing for Retro Encounter next month? It was, how would I a second playthrough go? So that that's that's about as high a compliment as I can pay. Hmm. I. I very much enjoyed this game. I think it's a great game. I think it's a great RPG. I do wish that they had, obviously, they've cut a lot of content out of this because they only have so much time for development. I do wish they offered a more fulfilling gray Jedi choice so it wasn't quite as binary as good and evil. So you could actually have a pragmatic gray Jedi option. Um, but that doesn't matter. I, I mean, it's a it's it's literally a binary choice in all systems, but I, I think it's... I think they did an amazing job expanding the Star Wars universe in a time when it badly needed expanding. I mean, this would have been developed at the same time as Phantom Menace and just after Attack of the Clones. And a lot of Star Wars fans were feeling pretty, I mean, I certainly was feeling disheartened at the time. I wish I knew about this game back then because I feel like this would have given me uh, a story that felt true to Star Wars. Um and I don't feel there's been a lot of that lately. So it was great to go back and play this. And I, I really I really think this is yeah, a great Yeah, I enjoyed my time playing it immensely. It helped me get over feeling salty about Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I, I, it, okay, it didn't do that for me. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it helped remind me of better days. I know that um, the sequel, which was not developed by Bioware, was developed by, uh, uh, is it... Is, it's not Obsidian. Yeah, it was Obsidian. It was Obsidian. Um, they have a more character-focused uh, um, karma system where you can have a dark side companion go to the light side if you support them enough or vice versa. So it, it, it's less binary global choice and more binary 
character specific influencing choice and 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 the the dragon age games do that a little bit as well there isn't really a good evil choice you just you know your, your characters will like you more or less based on your choices and and the characters are are more multifaceted than than dark side or light side in the dragon age games so uh, well, that's what obsidian that's what obsidian did with um uh new vegas as well like when they you know fallout 3 was a, it was a binary good evil system and then they brought in like shades and shades of you know you can you can build your reputation with various uh groups in good ways and bad ways so yeah i mean i i would like to play the second game i'm not going to play it immediately but it's it's been on my list for a while now i have it i purchased it a long time ago so the the, the second game is well liked but it's incredibly buggy and most people recommend that you use uh, fan-made fixes on it oh. before playing it. But those fan-made fixes are very, very abundant. Uh, so it's, uh, it, yeah. it, it's not hard to play a good version of KOTOR 2. Maybe do some research before just firing it up on your, on your, uh, on your PC or 360 or uh, whatever era it released in. True. Or if you wait, we might get a sequel uh, to oh. the remake that's coming out. Right. And speaking speaking of which, um, we are expecting a remake of KOTOR 1 later this year. We don't have a date on it, but I do believe they said 2022. It, it, uh, let's say they preserve most of the story and feel of this game. What do you, What's one change you would like to see happen? Well, I mean, I think we can safely assume that the battle system is out the window. They, they, there's no way this thing is going to be turn-based. Yeah, uh, turn-based with a lot of action happening in between turns works for 2003 just fine, but it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be much more of an action RPG. Yeah. I'm confident when that when it when it, when it releases. Yeah. Hmm. I think it might be what I said before. I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to see a a third way. I'd like to see some more some more options, pragmatic options, rather than just being cartoonishly evil or cartoonishly good. Um, because you really do, like I said in the last episode, to get the full experience of this game, you really do need to choose one or the other in order to get unlock some of the better uh, abilities. So I, I'd like to see a little bit more freedom like that. Um, hmm, what else? Uh, maybe make the romancing options a little yes. bit more organic, open them up a little I bit more. I would actually like to see more romance a little bit as a as a male reven you can romance only basila and as a female reven you can romance karth or juhani but uh the two most stiff characters in the game (laughs) and uh and there's not really a romantic scene or even a kiss or a catharsis or anything they just you just sort of admit your love for each other then it fades to black a little bit and i i don't know i don't i don't i don't want to get weird or horny about uh about about like mass effects romance romance scenes or anything but i I wouldn't mind a little more than what they gave us in kotor one uh yeah i agree i mean i think they'll probably end up pulling i haven't played it but i've heard good things i think they'll probably pull some inspiration from the old republic the uh mmorpg because it's it has a very it has an excellent reputation as a uh mmo uh, expands the Star Wars universe. Actually, it's the only piece of uh, pre-Disney Star Wars that's still going on and that's continuing. They haven't retconned it. Like everything in that game is uh, is pre-Disney, wow. and it's it's been going on for a long time. I think over a decade by now, and it's uh it, it's still free to play, but with a lot of paid options for um for cosmetic changes or things like experience boosts, but it's, it, I think it's even having a recent expansion. It's a, uh, it's been going on a long ways. 
but obviously, uh, I mean, if they were if they're going to expand the romance system in Kotor one, obviously the choice is to have a romantic steamy scene with T three M four. That's what the fans want. That's what we demand. Give us our uh, adorable astromech droid romance scene. But uh, if I am talking about um, the possibility of human droid uh, romantic encounters, I think it is time to end this episode of Retro Encounter. Uh, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us uh, for discussing uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, a game that I sort of went in, I, I sort of went in expecting to like it because I like a, I like all the Bioware games I've played, and I like Star Wars well enough, and this game has a repu- has a good reputation. But yeah, this is just a good ass RPG, and I was. Uh, and and I was just uh, and it didn't even waste that much of my time. I think my I think my um, I did a lot of side content, and I think my playthrough was a little bit over thirty hours, like say thirty two hours. That's not brisk exactly, but it feels like it it was a, a like a meaty RPG that that wasn't a seventy hour black hole the way sometimes RPGs feel. Like. Yes, I quite like the length of it. Yeah, it didn't consume mm-hmm. my life as other games have, but at the same time, it provided a pretty fun experience. It's interesting. I can't think of another... Like, we, we were talking about uh, licensed games and, like, you know, various various IPs. Yeah, Star Wars has had some real stinkers over the years, but maybe it's because, you know, they own their own gaming studio. Uh, Star Wars has some of the best licensed games ever made, and I think KOTOR is the crown jewel of that. And hopefully it will continue to be the crown jewel of that in the, with the remake. Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a lot of people love the uh, the the X-Wing and TIE Fighter um, space shooters from the 90s. That uh, Jedi Last Order game from a year ago or two years ago, people liked that thing too. I think I think they're trying to make Jedi action games a sub-series going forward. I would, I would be the opposite of surprised if we get a sequel announced for that thing soon. But it, and let's not forget the king of all Star Wars games, Shadows of the Empire for Nintendo 64. Okay, I was I was worried you were either going to say Super Star Wars for the SNES or the pod racing game for the N64. Uh, Goddamn, Super Star the entire Super Star Wars series is so hard. It it really is. It's 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 NES hard. It is like NES Ninja Turtles hard and I don't think I've made it through the halfway point of any of them, although I, I tried at least two of them. Uh gorgeous games though, especially for the like the SNES. Yeah, no, I they're, think they they're, look they're, great. They're, they're they're decent Super Nintendo games just just very difficult even if you're decent at action platformers but uh we're not on our on a podcast about action platformers although i would love nothing more than to do klonoa episodes in advance of that collection coming in a few months um we're a <laughs> podcast about rpgs and also our um, action games with rpg elements which is my way of saying uh that starting next week we're going to have a month full of metroidvania games it's metroidvania march here on retro encounter and we're having three dedicated episodes, one about Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, and that's the Castlevania half of Metroidvania, then an episode about Super Metroid, which is the Metroid half of Metroidvania, and then a third episode about Salt and Sanctuary, which is a Metroid, an indie Metroidvania game with a lot of uh, Soulsborne elements that is maybe one of the uh, flagships of the indie Metroidvania movement of the 2010s because it felt like it felt like indie developers were really excited to make their take on Metroidvania uh for the past many uh several years so uh three metroidvania games um that we are going to have episodes on in march but what's also happening in march we're doing a pokemon episode uh that's sort of in the wake of the recent hype around uh pokemon legends arceus arceus 
Arceus, I think, I'm... was the decision that we eventually made on random. Wrong answer. <laughs> Still calling it Arceus. Um, and also an episode about RPG adaptations that we are going to, that is a sequel to our 2018 and 2020 adaptations episodes and also are going to fit alongside a feature on the RPGfan.com main website. But uh, if, speaking of which, uh, you can uh, visit RPGfan.com, uh, comment on our message boards, visit our Facebook page, check out our Discord, our Twitch, our uh, Twitter page, um, something going on on all of those places. Uh, you can find links from RPGfan.com or search RPGfan or RPGfan.com on any of those. Uh, if you want to reach out to the podcast directly, you can email retro at RPGfan.com or check out our three other podcasts, Random Encounter, every two weeks, hosted by you, Jono, and mostly about randomness. Yes, it is. Then there's also Rhythm Encounter every other other two weeks, mostly about RPG music, and uh, all three of us have been on that one. Please listen to any uh, RPG music podcast that strikes your fancy. And also Phoenix Edge, uh, our partner podcast hosted by Hat and Eric, currently on hiatus, but they will be coming back uh, hopefully later in 2022. You can review any of those three podcasts or Retro Encounter on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, whatever uh, podcatching app or um service you use please give us feedback we love feedback we also love direct feedback so how can you reach us that way starting with you Jono. uh you can find me on twitter at Jono underscore logan you can send me an email you can send me an email at jloganrpgfan.com or if you have anything for random encounter you can send it to podcast at rpgfan.com now audra you can email me at audra b at rpgfan.com and for me, the easiest way to find me is Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoca for Dogs at other times, and on RPG Fans Discord, I am Monsoon Mike. I don't know about you, Jono or Audra, but I think if I ever replay this game, which I'm not shutting the door on, it is going to be really, really dark. L- listeners, thank you, good night, and good luck. <laughs>